Hi. We're back. <laughs> yes. I'm Carly. And I'm Harry. And this is Known Unknowns. Yeah, the talk of the, the podcast. The podcast where we talk about um, the unknown and the weird and the wild. Spooky. Wild and wacky. Spooky. And spooky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we found this really fun quiz that we're actually going to start the uh, podcast off with today. Well, Harry found the quiz. Um, it, what's it called, Harry? Oh, it's called it's the uh, Cryptid Wiki Personality Quiz. Uh, we're going to find out uh, what uh, what kind of cryptid I am. Uh, Carly is. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's just eight questions. Um, and Situate yourself. All right. It's at, uh, in case you want to take it yourself, it's at the cryptid personality quiz. Yeah. If you take it, tell us what you get. Yeah. I tell agree. us. You can uh, comment on Instagram. You can tweet at us. You can uh, uh, put something on Facebook, on our Facebook page. Don't really know how Facebook works that well. <laughs> uh, comment on our page. Uh, I don't know how that works. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, so Harry, um, ask me questions. Okay. So first off, how big are you? Are what? you small sized? Are you medium sized? <laughs> Are you average sized? What? Are you above average sized? Or are you extra large? Oh my god. Um medium? Okay. What would you would you say I'm a small size? Mm-hmm. I'm not small. Like huh. I'm not like no, I'm medium. Medium sized. I'm go with medium sized. Yeah, you're smaller than average sized, but I don't think so. Okay, we'll we'll call you a medium. I'm gonna sized. say medium. That's what I think I am. Okay. What is your favorite type of food? Seafood. Anything sugary or salty? Oh, God. Barbecue, tropical smoothie, or fruit snacks? I don't have a favorite food. Oh, who doesn't have a fucking favorite food? Um, anything sugary or salty? What does that mean? Sugary or salty? Um, I'm going to go with anything sugary or salty, I guess, because okay. sugary is kind of yeah, my thing. I think that means like snack foods, kind of. Yeah, I'm into candy and pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> how competitive are you very okay uh we'll put you at uh are, do, okay it's extremely assertive and competitive or more strong-willed and assertive somewhat assertive low-key and sensitive prefers not to compete <laughs> um i don't know what do you think you're somewhere in the strong-willed and assertive to extremely assertive and competitive range yeah Wait, what do you think? Um, you're, you're the one. I think extremely assertive. Okay. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm like very competitive. Maybe not extreme. No, I'm right. going to go with the last one. Oh. I'm pretty competitive. I already clicked it. So okay, that's great. The one it Sounds is. good. Uh, how much time do you spend with friends and family? None. Keep to myself and family. Prefers company of small groups of friends. Popular and outgoing. Extremely outgoing. Just friends. I don't like my family. <laughs> no, that's mean. Cut that out. Uh... What are the options again? Uh, none. Keep to myself and family. Popular. Oh, uh, prefers company of small groups and friends. The small groups and friends. Okay. Prefers company of small groups and fr- of friends. Do others find you good looking? <laughs> Plain looking, all right, but nothing striking. Average looking, but some nice attributes. Good features and sexy. Incredibly attractive. What was the middle one? Uh, it was average looking with some nice attributes. Yeah, that one. That's what you think? I think people see me as, uh, oh. average looking with some nice attributes. Okay. Well, I think you're incredibly attractive, but I'll click the one that you say. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. How long is this quiz? Uh, Are we almost done? We're on question six of eight. Okay, How great. would you rate your intelligence? Mm, my Avoids God. intellectual pursuits. Clever, <laughs> but prefers non-intellectual pursuits. Intelligent, very intelligent, out of this world level genius. Um, somewhere in the middle. What was the option? Uh, the most middle one is intelligent. Below that was clever, but prefers non-intellectual pursuits. Avoids intellectual pursuits. Very intelligent. Out of this world level genius. Maybe clever, but avoids, uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm not that smart. You're though. very smart. All right, then the clever one, I guess. Okay, fine. We'll compromise. All right. What is your athletic ability? <laughs> None. Occasionally plays sport. 
enjoys sport for recreation, plays sports competitively, extremely athletic and agile. <laughs> um, enjoys sports for recreation. Okay. Now, the last one. I bike a lot. I'm pretty fit. Yeah. I'm not like a beast, though. <laughs> okay. How That's much call it. do you like traveling? Ooh. Never travels. Stays close to home. Vacations are fun, but not essential. I love to travel. I've been everywhere. Okay, this is a terrible question because I like to travel, but I don't travel. I don't have money to travel. That's true. But, like, I like to travel. Okay. So I definitely have not been everywhere. I've never true. even been out of the country, but I like to travel. Mm-hmm. Is it like vacations are fun, but not essential? Yeah, That's that like one's the good. the middle one. Yeah, do I, that one. I love to travel. Okay. You got Bigfoot. What? You're Bigfoot, Carly. Man. Why? Uh, Explain. Because, well, the term Bigfoot, I don't know, it's just explaining what Bigfoot is. Uh, oh, guessing, that's it? Not yeah. like, oh, why you're Bigfoot? Uh, oh. No, it doesn't explain why you are Bigfoot. It just says, Sasquatch is a strong, unpolished individuals with a gruff exterior that conceals their soft and chewy center. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why it says you're Bigfoot. You just are. And that's the rules. All right. Okay. Well. So you're Bigfoot now. All right. Good job. I'm Bigfoot, everyone. Well, um, that was cool. <laughs> uh, so you want to move on to our topics? Yes. Cool. Um, so I'm going to go first this week. Perfecto. Because Harry went first last week and I'm super excited about my topic. I actually recently found out about this topic and I really wanted to dive into it because it's so freaking weird. Um, but I also want to be respectful about it in case there are people out there who really believe this. So I have a conspiracy. Well, yeah. So I have a conspiracy this week. It's called Birds Aren't Real. I don't know if you've heard of it. I just learned about it. I don't think there's any reason for you to be respectful about it. <laughs> yeah, but what if there's someone out there who really believes in this movement? Because they call it the Birds Aren't Real movement. I'm going to say it's the Birds Aren't Real conspiracy okay um, i don't know i don't know i don't want to be you know what you're right i don't need to be that respectful it's kind of ridiculous so all this stuff i got is uh actually from the their website <laughs> under like who are we they have like chapters of information about what and who they are okay so so when I first heard about this, I, f I heard about it on Instagram. I had like an Instagram ad that was like, birds aren't real apparel. And I was like, oh, these are so funny. Like there was just like shirts that had like birds with binoculars that were like bird watching goes both ways or something like that. And I was like, that's hilarious. So I looked it up and I was doing research and then I saw their website and I was like, oh, this has to be a joke. Like, I was reading about them, and I'm like, this has to be a joke. And then I was, like, reading up on them. It's not a joke. There are people who actually believe this. So I'm just going to read to you the first little section they have written out on their website when you go to the Who Are We section. Okay. So this is, what it, this is what it starts with. Warning. Disturbing content. <laughs> The only way to properly explain is with words. Okay, that's... Chapter 1. Why. When asked to write the unabridged history of this organization, I was taken aback. I knew that I had reached many thousands in my quest to, sped, to spread the truth. But I was bewildered and frustrated with myself when I realized that I had not yet done an acute job of giving details. Acute? Yeah, I don't know. The why. The how. The when who, etc. I knew that I had to write something that was concise, accurate, and free of any fault or error. This is my work. Oh, it's concise? Prepare, it's not concise. <laughs> Prepare to take a journey into a history that they will not, dare I say, never teach in school. Much of what you are about to read has been censored for almost 60 years. Who knows how long it will take our corrupt government to block this website? Only time will tell. In the meantime, I ask that you take 20 minutes out of your busy day and read all of this information, soak it in, 
revel in the fact that everything you know is one big lie. Okay. So that's how it starts. Revel in the fact that everything you know is one big lie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm done. Are you ready to revel? Okay. Ready to revel. All right. So the the theory, their theory. So there's a lot of sections that I have to outline because there's a lot of questions that they need to answer because, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll get to it. So the theory. When Alan Dules, Dules? Probably Dulles. Dulles. When Alan Dulles was made the director of the CIA, um, his mission was to increase surveillance of the United States to catch people doing communist stuff. That's what they wrote, communist stuff. (laughs) Uh, So on April 15th, 1956... He met with President Dwight D. Eisenhower and proposed a plan that would put cameras in the sky (laughs) because this was more efficient than having cameras on the ground. Uh, Okay. Or cameras that couldn't move. So they could follow you and surveillance. Like one camera could be Mm -hmm. used to look at people rather than a bunch of cameras. Yeah. Anyway, Eisenhower approved the initial idea and asked him to return when he had figured out how to make it possible. <laughs> Did he ever return? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's believed that the initial plan for killing all of the birds and replacing them with flying cameras was brought up one weekend in May of 1956. <laughs> so this is their theory. <laughs> As to... Why they decided to kill all the birds and replace them with robot birds. So this is what the theory is. I should have I should have started with this. The theory is that birds actually are not real. Like birds are flying robots in the sky, like spying on us. And that in like whenever the sixties or seventies they like killed off all the birds and they replaced them with robot birds. So here is the explanation of how the government did this and why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it all the birds all over the world? So it gets to that. Okay. So, no, yes. Uh, No, 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 no. Uh, So the birds, so 95% of the birds in the United States are robot birds, Mm -hmm. but they can't keep birds from other countries from coming into the country. Right. Um, So there's a fun little theory that Donald Trump's wall is actually going to be built with, like, laser rays on it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not to keep people from Mexico coming in. It's from keeping birds from coming in. Like, there's going to be lasers on the wall that zap the birds when they come in. Mm -hmm. And then it stops the birds from flying and then kills them within 24 hours. And then their bodies disintegrate within that 24 hours. Okay. That's what the wall is for. So so what about migratory birds? Like birds that live in the U.S. during like the winter and then fly down to like Ecuador. Yeah. So birds that travel outside of the United States. Birds Mm -hmm. only travel outside of the United States when they are programmed to spy on a specific person, when they have to follow someone. Okay. So the birds that migrate are definitely birds who are spying on people in a different country. But, okay, they only spy on them, like, seasonally, though. I guess. Or they're just spying on the other countries. I see. Mm -hmm. Seasonally. But they have have no idea what's going on in, like... Mexico rests like during the winter months, but when the in the summer we've got them like pinned down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So why are they? Why did they decide to kill all of the birds, replace them with robot birds instead of just put a bunch of robot birds in the sky? Mm-hmm. You know, sure. why did they need to kill all of the birds? Makes so, Doolit do. Dulles, Dulles. Dulles, Dulles and his team hated birds with a passion and were heard on many occasions calling them flying slugs and the scum of the skies, as they would often poop on their cars in the parking lot of the CIA headquarters. In a stolen transcript from an ex-CIA deputy, she says, Yeah, the higher-ups were so annoyed that birds had been dropping fecal matter on their car 
win- car windows that they vowed to wipe out every single flying feathered creature in North America. Hmm. So the idea was to solve their surveillance problem and kill all the birds because they hated them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so how... Sounds like overkill for uh-huh. birds pooping on your car. Just like park inside. They didn't like them. Just don't park under a tree. All right. Well, I don't know. So how did they kill them? I'm sure you're asking. How do you go about wiping out all the birds in America? I, Is that what you were asking? I wasn't yet, but I was about to. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the government extinguished 12 billion birds between 1959 and 1971. On May 6th, 1957, Dulles, I think, Dulles. met Dulles, oh, frick, met with an unidentified man from the Boeing yeah. Boeing Airplane Company and ordered 120 B-52 bombers. That's a plane. I found out that was a plane. I didn't know. I had to Google it. <laughs> he needed all of these planes to be built inside Area 51 so nobody would know that they were building all of these planes. So 23 men from the Boeing Engineering Department traveled to Area 51 in the back of an old school bus that they purchased from a salvage yard in Mukilteo, Washington. Um, They were seen... So the 23 men were engineers that were supposed to go travel to Area 51 that the government found to travel to Area 51 to go put these planes together and work on the planes. Why'd they have to do it in an old school bus? I don't know. That's just what they got to travel. So here, right. this is funny. Okay, it CIA, gets more and more ridiculous. If the CIA has the resources to kill 12 billion birds, they can get something a little swankier than a junkyard school bus. I don't know. Okay. I think the 23 men, that it was just their job to get there, like, and they... All 23 of them decided to go out and buy the bus. Okay. Okay. Because here's here's the deal. They were seen... Oh, my God. This story is so funny. They were seen by a few individuals bringing couches and rugs into the bus and were also discussing... Also heard discussing, quote, really cool playlists for the road trip. They even painted Area 51 or bust on both sides of the bus. Okay. So... <laughs> My original thought was that they had got the school bus to avoid bringing attention, like instead of a limo pulling up through the desert, you just got an old school bus. But if you paint Area 51 on it, like if they're like telling you that you're going to a secret. (sighs) I know. Okay. Okay. Whenever they would stop for gas, they would set up a makeshift um, campsite in the parking lot and sing songs with titles such as I Left My Honey for Area 51 and Let's Kill All the Birds. <laughs> All right. Well, the, if, why hasn't this come out earlier then? If... <laughs> oh, okay. So they attracted a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No shit. And the locals of a town in Idaho claimed they attract. Oh wait, claimed that the men would reveal intimate details of what they were doing. Fire them. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Okay, so twenty-two of the men na- made it to Nevada. One man did not. Neil Ford was the only engineer that lived to tell the story, and he was left in a Waffle House bathroom because the others claimed he had to pee too many times and was re- ruining the vibe of the road trip. Yeah. Okay. I'm becoming skeptical that this is a genuine theory. No, Harry, it is. See, that's why I was like, this can't be real. It is real. Neil spoke with one of the founding members. So this is the guy that was left in the Waffle House bathroom. Mm -hmm. Spoke of one of the founding members of the Birds Aren't Real movement shortly before his death in 1994. Mm -hmm. He spoke out about the way which Doles searched for engineers who didn't have families. That way, they would be able to disappear from the map when the project was complete and nobody would notice. So my question is, why didn't they just, why didn't the government just track this Neil Ford guy or whatever, Ford Neil guy down and kill him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they just let him stay alive? Right. Okay. Well... Um, when the men got to Area 51, they were tasked, they were tasked with designing a new version of the B-52 
to be called B-52B because the B stands for bird. Okay. Yeah. The military and like CIA people love acronyms like so much. They would definitely come up with something way cooler than that. Way more complicated and yeah. (laughs) So the planes were painted matte jet black so they couldn't be seen at night. All the lights were taken off the plane, and they were fitted with noise reduction pads so it would fly silently. I don't think that's how that works. Okay, well, that's how they did it. (laughs) Okay, so, um, oh wait, so they equipped each plane with one of the huge, wait, (laughs) I got lost. Um, so it was to be called B-52B. Oh, and so they were, they were tasked with building 450 gallon water tanks to be... Uh, placed inside the uh, bomb compartments. Like, instead of the bomb compartments in the plane, they were supposed to put 450-gallon water tanks in it. Hmm. So, um, so they equipped each plane with one of the huge water tanks and a radar system that detected birds up to 200 miles away. Then the planes were painted... Yeah, uh, yeah, I just skipped ahead. Matte jet black so they couldn't be seen, and then noise reduction pads. The water tanks in the bombers were filled with a specially formulated bird poison that once consumed would give the bird a virus that could be passed on to other birds. The poison was sprayed from an altitude of 8,000 feet and would completely dissolve before it hit the ground. This meant that only birds would be affected by its terror. And once a single drop of the poison struck the bird's feathers, the virus would take hold through fibers and make its way into the bloodstream. The virus would then affect the bone structure in such a way that total decomposition of the birds would take place within 24 hours. Okay. Well, here's another thing. Okay. Lots, only some at night, like most of them are like sleeping at that time and so if they're like dropping this poison on them at night time oh well the birds transmitted it to other birds like so the wait but they're but don't they die like basically within 24 hours within 24 hours but also but if the poison like evaporates that quickly yeah like while it's falling how does it like stay on the bird for long know. enough to for it to infect other birds with it. Okay. Okay. So it took two years to build the 120 bombers, and once they were finished, the Boeing engineers were told they were free to go home. However, they were intercepted 30 minutes into their trip back to Washington and were put in the back of an armored troop transport vehicle. The men were sent to the front line in Vietnam, which Doles hoped would get rid of them. What? Each of the engineers actually survived for three weeks in intense combat and were kidnapped, kidnapped by the Viet Cong after they ran out of ammunition. The men were not heard from ever again. So how do... Okay. Oh. Got it. In the next paragraph? Yeah, that's okay. how they figure this out. They claim they only know this information because 12 pallets of classified documents were stolen from a warehouse by one of their birds aren't real patriots. Okay. I still, my other thing is there's definitely a better way to get rid of those people than sending them to Vietnam. You think? Yeah. I just don't know. Within the next six... Them. Okay, well, this is a way better way. Uh, Okay. Within the next six years, 15% of the bird population was wiped out. During these first few years, bird prototypes were released by the hundred millions. The term drone was not used at this time, and instead they were referred to as robot birds. They definitely Mm -hmm. had another term for them. The CIA was originally the ones responsible, and the sitting president, John F. Kennedy, had no idea this was taking place. So how did John F. Kennedy find out, and what did he think about it? So October 3rd, 1963, the CIA official, uh, the top CIA official, was overheard speaking about the operation over a tapped phone. Uh, JFK tapped the phone of Alvin B. Cleaver, Mm -hmm. international communications director for the CIA. Um, So get this. this, uh, You know why he was tapping the phone of this guy? No, why? Okay. Kennedy believed that Cleaver was stealing his ham sandwich from the White House kitchen and vowed to catch him speaking about it over the phone. Okay. Uh I don't don't know about that. (laughs) Instead, he heard a highly sensitive conversation that Cleaver was having with Doles. In it, Cleaver said, Yeah, Alan, I've stolen John's lunch again. Ha ha. He doesn't even know. 
I'm going to keep stealing it until he launches a full investigation. Then I'm going to plant a hidden camera and catch his reaction as I dump all the stolen sandwiches on his desk at one time. I'm going to call the new show You've Been Cleavered. Or You've Been Clevered? Maybe his name was Clever. No, I'm sure it's Cleaver. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's not real. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, Doles responded, Ha ha, Alvin, that's going to be so funny. We'll have to play that clip at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. By the way, how's the bird slaughter going? How many birds have we killed so far? Okay, so why why is this evidence of something of the bird thing and not evidence that they just use bird as a code word for whatever like human genocide they're carrying out at that time? Uh, so the response to that was, we've killed about 220 million so far, and the best thing is the robot birds were we've released in the in their place, have done such a good job that nobody even suspects a thing. So I guess you're still right. I don't know. Okay, yeah, what if it also, was like... But, yeah. I mean, if they are talking about the actual birds, they should... They're, they're, they're spies. They need to talk in code about this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, I mean, I why know. wouldn't you... Are they in the White House talking about this? I guess, oh, yeah. I don't think the CIA works in the White House is the other thing. <laughs> yeah and maybe they're not in the white house so basically um, i'm trying to wrap this up i guess um just this little section um so jfk did not agree with the mass murder of the birds and the cia was like well we won't we're doing it and he was like nope you're gonna stop the investigate you're gonna stop this whole plan now or you're fired and then a month later jfk was killed so the birds aren't real people think that the CIA killed JFK because he didn't believe in the mass murder of birds. And so um, now all the presidents that we've had since then have turned a blind, blind eye and the CIA started rigging all the elections so they only allow candidates who are anti-bird and pro-citizen surveillance to win the presidency. So Bernie doesn't stand a chance. That's what you're telling me. Well, he wouldn't even allow him to be a candidate. Mm. Oh, wait, no. They would only allow... Oh, okay. Or... They started rigging elections, so yeah, he won't win. <laughs> okay. Do you think E. Warren? Oh, no. She's definitely pro-surveillance and anti-bird. <laughs> I could see it. But, okay. Okay. I mean, the CIA definitely killed JFK, but not for Oh, that for reason. sure. I know. I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, well, Harry's going to agree with the whole the CIA killed JFK, but... <clears throat> Not about this. Okay, so you want to hear a really funny story? Yeah. You know how the birds were made? No. Okay. So this is probably the craziest of all of the stories. In the, like, you think that this is ridiculous? Just, just buckle up. Buckle up. So at this point on their website, it says, I know you're really scared of everything that you've read so far. If you need help, contact support at birdsaren'treal.com for counseling or something mm -hmm. about this. And I really want to email yeah, the account and see what they say. Okay. So this is, I just lose them here. Like, the other stuff is crazy, but I'm just like, okay, fine, whatever, believe it. But this, I'm just like, oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> so... One of their patriots, they call them, apparently stole a six-minute recording that was uncovered in the basement of an isolated storage warehouse. In this recording, um, someone was heard saying, We need a quick solution to this problem. The production team needs this material right now. Real birds have been disappearing for almost two years now, and we don't start and if we don't start replacing them in mass quantities, people will notice. We need a solution in 30 days. So in the recording, in the six-minute recording that was stolen, they also discussed how they need a lot of, how do you say this, bauxite? Yeah. Bauxite. This bauxite was essential to the process of robot construction because they were going to make it out of aluminum. Hmm. So a month after this recording took place, after they had the secret meeting that the recording is from... um. A North Vietnamese torpedo boat was accused of attacking a U.S. destroyer in the Gulf of Tonkin. Tonkin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gulf and of Tonkin. do you know how it was? it's widely believed that that was a faked attack? Right. Yeah. It was a false flag. Mm-hmm. So this incident was actually um, 
the CIA so the United States would have an excuse to place a huge number of troops in Vietnam and engage with the North Vietnamese on a much more escalated platform. You know. Right. Right. So that's true. Yes. But, so why would the government fake an attack so they could send a ton of troops over to Vietnam? Because? Because Vietnam contains the third largest reserves of bauxite ore on the entire planet. Okay. I mean, that's... Um... So they attempted to invade and extract, extract as much of this ore as possible. Hmm. So that's how they got the material. So how did they get people to build these birds? And where are these people now? That's a good, good question, question, right? Well, they have an answer. This one cracks me up. This one cracks me up. <sighs> the government would send individuals to local nightclubs and bars who would then scope out a candidate who looked like they could assemble a robot bird. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And would tell that person that they were having a costume party on acid. Mm. These people were then given work overalls, their costume, a small tab of acid, which, which was actually just a piece of colored paper. There was no acid. The acid trip they would then experience was actually the bus ride to the entrance of the bunker where they were given a toolbox and a pair of headphones that played Pink Floyd nonstop. This combination of assembling a robot bird inside a five-story government fallout bunker led them to believe that they were on the most insane trip of their life. Hmm. So they tricked people into having, like, this insane trip. So then many of the individuals would later be heard saying, The craziest trip I had was back in 76 when I met this guy who gave me a crazy tab. From then all, all I remember is riding through the desert for 45 minutes on the top of a sawed-off school bus, then walked down a staircase into a huge warehouse that was underground, and having some guy tell me to follow some instructions and make some sort of flying robot bird. Hmm. Okay. That's... Yeah. Okay. I mean, so the CIA did give people acid without them knowing and stuff in order to do experiments on them, but I don't think they did it in order to get them to build no, robot birds. No, the thing is they didn't, they didn't use actually real get, right. acid in this theory. Yeah. Um. So they claim the movement started in 75 and they held rallies that thousands of people attended in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no evidence of that. Okay. Because all the recordings and tapes of the rallies were confiscated from the government when they raided their um, offices. Okay. So there's no proof now that the rallies ever happened, just word of mouth. Hmm. They, and so when they raided their office and took... And when they raided their offices, they took back all of the stolen material that the birds aren't real patriots claim they stole from the CIA. I see. <clears throat> nobody who attended these rallies like took a photo or anything or no everything was confiscated yeah but okay but it just said like when they raided the offices not like just private citizens or well any. they would yeah like, i don't know no one has anything in a photo album nope okay all no, right it was if they all say so gone it's all gone so that's all i have actually okay um the last thing i had on that paper was the trump wall thing uh-huh Okay, so I'm I'm skeptical, I'd say. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, <laughs> if you want to look it up, go to birdsaren'treal.com. Okay. Um, it's pretty whack. Um, they also have Instagram pages for every city that they're in. So if you're in Chicago, there's a Birds Aren't Real Chicago Instagram page, and there's a Birds Aren't Real New York page, Birds Aren't Real, like any place you can possibly think of. This is actually a huge movement. Um, people actually believe it, but also some people think that this is a marketing scam that some 20-year-old college student made up to make money off of, like, yeah. so that's, memorabilia and that's stuff. That's what I think. At mm -hmm. first, I was thinking maybe this is, this is a CIA op in order to, like, they're creating this uh, phony conspiracy theory that is so ridiculous and out of the or and, like, out of, like... Un totally unbelievable that like brings in these like pieces of other conspiracy theories in order to like discredit them for because they're associated to this one and just like discredit any like conspiracy like mm -hmm. investigation movement but i think that it's goes too far and some of it is too clearly <laughs> meant to be funny 
know. I'm like, this can't be real. Yeah, I don't no, know. It's definitely. But there's a lot of people out there who I mean, actually I'm sure, believe this is real. I'm sure there are people who believe it. And I then, don't think that the creator of it believes it. No, some people think it's like a like a what what is it called? You watch the interview. There's also an interview with like the head of this uh, movement right now. Uh, you can look it up. I don't know anything else about it. Mm-hmm. I like watched. It's like four minutes and. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. What was the word they used? It's, it's like a satirical. I don't know. Uh, just... Something like it's a metaphor. Like uh-huh. this conspiracy this... is like a metaphor for uh, uh, how the government works. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. When did this start? Like when They claim they... 75. Okay. But do you know when it like actually started showing up? Probably a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a few years ago or like a couple years ago because even the interview I watched was from this year mm-hmm. and they had just started putting billboards up that it's just white and in black where it says birds aren't real. Okay. And so people were like, what is happening? And I think the website is like a few years old. Yeah, it's definitely some kind of satire. Yeah. Slash... Yeah, slash yeah. money-making scheme. Yeah, well, there's some people who actually really believe it. And I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Funny. Mm-hmm. A little bit sad for them. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, come on. Oh, my God, we're almost at 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Wow. Do, Do you want to start yours? Okay, I will try to be uh, quick. Oh, you don't You don't have to. All right, fine. These people want to listen to us. Okay, so tell us. What are okay. you doing? So uh, today I'm going to talk about a, a, a cryptid. No, a creature? A creature. Great. A crazy creature <laughs> known as the Almas. The Almas. That is the Almas, which is Mongolian for a wild man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it is an ape-like cryptid. Uh, it's about the same size as a human, uh, five feet to six and a half feet inches high, or it's at least it's the same height as a human. It's up, it weighs up to five hundred pounds, which some humans can weigh that much, but that's far from average. Uh, it's a, uh, it lives okay. in. So does it look like a human? Oh, okay. So it uh, is covered in hair, uh, except for its face and hands. Uh, yeah, it's covered in a. Uh, dark reddish brown to brown to black hair uh, all over its body except for its face although it does sometimes have a big beard as well <laughs> uh, yeah people say it resembles a caveman those who've cited it okay. um uh it it's, uh, okay, what else? Uh, it lives in Central Asia, mostly Mongolia, also the Ca- Caucasus and the Pamir Mountains um Let's see, uh, five to six and a half feet tall, 500 pounds, um, has a large protruding forehead, wide, flat nose, feet that are much wider and either longer or shorter than a human's. Okay. Not 100% sure how that works, but I guess it depends. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It lives in caves of remote mountainous regions. Uh, and the female Almas is often portrayed as uh, throwing her long, long breasts over her shoulder in, a, in order to run faster. <laughs> oh, that's so weird to imagine. I know. Just sit with that They're image. They're that long? Apparently. Like knee length? I don't know. Long enough to throw over its shoulder. Oh, my God. So, you know. I don't like that image. I don't <laughs> well, like it. Well, now you're stuck with it. Ew. Uh, oh, and uh, they're supposedly have been reported to be seen crafting and tools and wearing clothes or crafting clothes and tools. Are you sure these aren't just like large humans who are living out in the wild? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, and so they're... I thought you were going to say they were, like, doing crafts, like, arts and crafts, <laughs> like, with, like, pipe cleaners and stuff. No, they're, like, crafting in, uh... They're making know, the, weapons. In the Minecraft sense. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So there are lots of different, like, folk stories about them. 
most of them are the kind of folk story that gets passed down over time because it is useful in teaching people to like behave in a particular way like are you sure they're not real well i don't think they are (laughs) okay (laughs) um for instance uh there's a story that in 1925 a girl named nadmid who was 18 went out searching for her family's lost calves uh, but she didn't return before dark her (gasps) family went out searching for her no but they couldn't find her. No, no. And they assumed that she had been eaten oh, by wolves. No, that's such a. Well, I bet she's just she just got eaten by wolves. It's fine. Dinner time. Like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> we again happens you know, to the it best. Happens of every life. other day. Yeah. But six years later, a s- mysterious, strange woman showed up at her family's gur. No. Thin and decrepit and all covered all over in hair. <gasps> this person claimed to be Nadmid. No. And that she had been kidnapped by an Alma six years ago. What? And been kept in a cave for all that time. Are you sure this story isn't real? Because this is cool. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea whether it's real or not. Uh, she said that living out in the wild with the Almas had turned her into, an, into a monster. Um, her father believed that she had been possessed and that she was no longer his daughter and so he made her drink with him until she was unconscious and he was drunk and then he killed her (gasps) in a drunken confusion oh yeah just because she has hair all over her body now (laughs) oh man um that's depressing what's the moral of that story don't go out all alone kids yeah but back then they went out alone all the time i don't think that's the moral of the story bring a buddy with you if you're gonna go climbing out in the mountains and stuff okay um Mm. no okay whatever uh there's another story about um a uh, person a, a young man named samdan this supposedly happened in 1912 uh, he was 21. He uh, was out for some reason. He crossed this lake um, away from to from where his village was, I guess, and hmm. his family. Um, and he got kidnapped by an Almas. Uh, she kept him in a cave for um, a long time and Ew. licked him every night <gasps> until he grew a thick what? coat of fur all Ew, over his body. No, 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 gross just licked him every night yeah so he'd grow fur oh my god and so he'd be warm and uh, oh. uh she uh she eventually became pregnant with his child <gasps> ew. as happens ew, 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 ew. <laughs> how are they able to do that i don't know so they... it's a human thing well i don't know you We're can't close mate enough. with an animal or a beast have you ever tried it oh ew okay gross well Apparently, Almuses can mate with humans. All right. Uh, then it gave birth a l- little less than a year later. Uh, well, yeah, nine months. Sure, yeah. I don't know exactly. It just said a little less than a year later in the story that I read. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, then one night, uh, the Almus didn't seal him in the cave at night because it had grown to trust him. <gasps> oh, no. And so he escaped. Yes. Uh, he started running and she ran after him with run, the child run. carrying it with her why he, didn't he take i guess he wouldn't want the child it's a, yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's that's just dead weight if you're trying to run for your life okay yeah that's uh he eventually got to the lake and was able to cross it but the almas was very terrified of water what that's another okay. like that's one other sometimes in some stories they're very fair, afraid of water and so it stopped at the edge of the lake and mm. was so mad that he can't got just in the walk way. around can't run around the lake i guess how not. big is this lake i have no idea it's big enough i don't know that that's not a easy option and so it got so mad at this that it ripped the baby in half <gasps> and threw it into the water no no yeah. what <laughs> Oh, 
Eventually, Samdan got home and was able to convince his family that it was really him. Uh, they took him to a doctor who was able to remove all of his hair with some herbal concoction, no. except for the hair on his back. Some essential oils. So, uh, yeah, of some kind. And for the rest of his life, he was called Maned Samdan. Poor Samdan. Yeah. What a traumatic experience. Okay, wait, what's the moral of that story then? Well, also, if you're a kid... He's Don't. 21. All right. He was 21 years For old. For anyone, any age, be careful. <clears throat> Don't go wandering out in the wilderness. It's not good. Are you blaming the victim here? No. The. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Fine. I, there's no moral to the story. Okay. Wait, where did you get all these stories? Wasn't it in some article? Oh, yeah. It's uh, The Legend of the Almas, a comparative and critical analysis. It's a scholarly essay or article, right? Right. Yeah. By Nathan Wenzel. Thank you, Nathan Wenzel. <laughs> Wenzel. Wenzel. Um, we'll, we'll link it in like Facebook or Instagram or something so you guys can mm -hmm. read it. I want to yeah. give him some credit. That's kind of cool that they found it scholarly sure. yeah. something or other in mm -hmm. on yeah. this topic person That's did cool. a ton of research throughout or mostly in the central and western mongolia about uh, the stories oh, that's really of cool. the almas um, yeah you guys should give it a read i should give it a read <laughs> harry read it it was a good yes good all right mm -hmm. yeah we'll we'll give it to you guys <laughs> um okay. what else is there uh, uh the almas uh, but the people of Mongolia are very like connected to nature and very um, very respectful of it, and that the almost like also takes up a, the role as like a, a stand-in for the natural environment in a lot of stories. Um, for uh, this uh, children's book called The Last Almas that uh, this person found in a school while they're in Mongolia, um, it's about how. The nature is often destroyed by human greed. Wait, so what's the kids' book about? The Almas? Yeah, it's about it's so it's about um yeah it's about an Almas and this uh, family. These this this rich man is traveling through the mountains. Um, and with him are this uh, servant and this servant's grandson. Um, the grandson gets lost and gets attacked by a snow leopard, Ooh. but the Almas comes in and saves him. <gasps> And so she takes care of him for a little while, but she is Aww. sad because he misses his grandpa. <gasps> no. And so she eventually takes him back to his grandfather's girl. Oh, and... good almost. <laughs> it's a good almost. Yeah. Okay. And it, so it, it leaves him there with the grandfather and it never comes inside, but it comes back uh, frequently. They don't to... have it over for dinner? I guess not. I don't think it. Uh, I think it just comes back at like Aww. nighttime and just leaves gifts for them, like Aww, gold and jewels nice. and stuff. And so eventually, <gasps> the the boy and his grandfather become rich, uh, so rich Good. that the original rich guy becomes jealous of them. Oh fuck you! <laughs> um, so the rich guy then captures the Almas and uh, sets a trap for no! it. No, why? So, because it keeps giving the Aww. gifts to the other people, and he wants I don't the like gifts. Like these stories. But the grandson and the grandfather help the almas escape. Good. But Good. then the rich no. guy is no. so mad. No, no, no. So he uh, sets another trap, and he captures the the boy. No. And he takes what? him up into the mountains, oh. where he starts beating him, and the almas comes to his rescue. <laughs> almas, almas, almas. <laughs> but. As she's taking the boy away, uh, the the rich guy shoots him. <gasps> Wait, shoots who? Uh, the 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 Almas. Her shoots her. The no. Almas. Yeah. No, no, no. Um. Yeah. Her her death cries start an avalanche, allowing the boy to escape, but ending the story of the Almas. No. So, if you like, yeah. So it's That's about depressing. greed. Greed and rich people, rich people and nature and the destruction of nature. How it's a bad thing that bad people do. Okay. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Depressing. There aren't. It's not just uh, Mongolian stories about the Almas. It has been 
there have been reported sightings by people not from Mongolia. Mm. Uh, the earliest of which is from this guy Hans Schilt- Sch- Sch- uh, Hans Schiltberger, uh, who is this German nobleman and traveler. I said it was in 1420. Mm-mm. No? Okay. It was in 1420 cool. uh, when he was traveling through Mongolia as a uh, as a slave or a prisoner of the Khan Tamerlane. Um, let me see what he had to say about it. Uh, in one of his writings, he wrote, um, On the same mountain, there are savages who are not like other people, and they live there. They are covered all over the body with hair, except the hands and face and run about like other wild beasts in the mountain, and also eat leaves and grass and anything they can find. The lord of the country sent to Edigi a man and a woman from the from among these savages that had been taken in the mountain. So while he doesn't exactly refer to them as almuses, it matches the description of how they're generally yeah. told. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and when was that? 18, no, 1420. 1420, yeah. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there were there are a couple other reported sightings in the 1800s. I remember. I didn't. Are there write any down. recent sightings of the Elmis? Uh, yeah. There. Are f- so there are a few in the 1900s, and a co- and uh, the most recent one was, or the most recent one that I could find was in 2003. Oh my gosh. Uh, when this he didn't see an Elmis. Um, this mountain climber Sergei Semenov found a leg and a foot of unknown origin oh. uh, high up in the Altai Mountains. Really? Um, that, I guess, matched the description of what an almost leg and foot would look like. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, then in before that, in 1980, this worker at an agricultural station had found the dead body of an almus. Um, and uh, also in 1941, the Soviet army uh, cornered this group of rebels in a cave up in the mountains. Um uh and oh or no this was in 19 this was in 1925 um not 1941 uh yeah they cornered rebels in a cave that happened to be occupied by an almas and so the almas killed oh. all the rebels off one by one until there Wait, was so one... are almas as good or bad it depends all right um they can be good or they can be bad consistent yeah um just like any other wild animal all right well <laughs> uh so it killed off them one by one until the last one shot it um then he came out and showed the body of the almas to the russian general who uh wrote it up and described it in an official report really yeah hmm. can we find that official report um i couldn't um okay. but i bet with a little more digging i could maybe find a quote from it okay um, and in 1963, a Russian pediatrician by the name of Ivan Ivlov uh, was... Ivan Ivlov, I like that name. <laughs> Wait, why does his name sound familiar to me? I have no idea. Okay. Did he do anything else? Ivan um, Ivlov? I just know him from this story. That's okay. all I know about him. Um, oh. But he uh, he spotted an, a family of Almases when he was working in, Mo- in Mongolia. Um, I guess they were out in the wild. Um, and then he... He came back to the village and started interviewing local children about the Amises and found that uh, the children like largely had they they knew about them and had seen them and weren't afraid of them and said, were said to have interacted with the Amises like, like played with them yeah like played Aww. with the Amis children and stuff. wait why didn't all the Amises lick the little human children to give them hair I don't know okay I don't know all right. yeah interesting. Uh, because he liked them. Wow. Yeah. So they hang out with children. Uh, apparently. Right, everyone, ask your children <laughs> if you live in Mongolia. Yeah. Ask your children if they hang out with cave people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Or if things that are, are have breasts that go down to their knees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure they'll want to tell you about it if that's the case. I mean, who wouldn't? If I saw that, I would. What if you? What if they were like, I have an imaginary friend, <laughs> and it's very furry, and it's a big man, or it's a big woman, and it has these things on its chest that go all the way down to its knees. Yeah. What would you think? What I think? Yeah, if your kid was like, this is my imaginary friend. I would wonder why it was in Mongolia. And not at home with me in the U.S. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, well, if you lived in Mongolia... Well, then I think it was an almas. Okay. <laughs> Do you believe in almases? Do you believe in beasts? 
and mm. like things like cryptids. Do you believe no. in that? Generally, oh. no. I believe ghosts more than stuff like this. I don't know. Like for I the Almas. I think they're seeing something, but sure. I don't like how it's like, oh, the Almas. I bet they're just people. Yeah, I, I definitely don't believe in Bigfoot. Um, I, yeah, yeah, we would see like we would find a body. I like we just would. Someone would stumble upon it in the forest. Mm-hmm. And Someone I don't. Someone would find I, I, a body. I, I wouldn't say that I believe in the Almas. I think that it's possible um, that some sightings have just been like uh, sightings of people from like very secluded tribes, Especially perhaps. Especially if they're old, like 1420s and like, right. you know, 1700. Like, there's probably still a lot of like cave looking people then, right? <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't know, know about, about that. Time. <laughs> I bet there's I still some very uncivilized just... people in the 1400s. Sure, I and I mean there we have there are like totally like uncontacted like secluded tribes in the Amazon and in like Southeast Asia and stuff. Um, so right. I th- I, th- I guess it's, I think it's possible that in like Siberia or like the like mongolian wilderness it maybe it's possible i don't i don't know that much about the geography that they're like uncontacted tribes of people i don't like that we're going around killing these and things. then people <laughs> embellish the stories of what they saw to make them sound less like human looking Lame. and turn it into a monster that they can tell stories about okay or they just see like people who go off to be hermits I guess, and then just yeah. live out the rest of their lives like that, and they occasionally catch a glimpse of somebody who's just let their hair grow wild, and I don't know. Okay. I don't know if that's, I don't know, that's less, li- I don't know. Okay. I also think that a lot of it is just stories. All right. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one more story, which is interesting and pretty well documented, of this, uh, uh, this uh, being named Zena. Um, in, in 1850, she was captured and brought back to uh, the village. Um, these hunters captured Wait, her. Wait, did they name her Zena, or did she be- say her name was Zena? Uh, no. She, <laughs> I want to know. Uh, they named her Zena. Oh, she, uh, okay. she was somewhat human-looking with ape-like features. Uh, hmm. She was apparently all covered in hair and had thick limbs and fingers. Um, it didn't... I couldn't find any information on her breasts. I, <laughs> I assume they were fairly human like then. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. She uh she she couldn't and wouldn't speak, so she she didn't say that her name was Zena. Okay. Um and she was so vicious at first that she had to be kept in a cage. Oh. Um though she was eventually taught to perform basic tasks like grinding corn. Uh she refused to wear clothes the whole time that she oh. was alive though. Zena. <laughs> Uh, but she uh, somehow, uh, I guess some people in the t- village took advantage of her at some point, gave birth to at least <gasps> six children. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What uh, the heck? Some of whom Ew. died in infancy, but four of which uh, lived uh, long oh. enough for them to... Wait, that's eight. You said six children. Well, I didn't... I So it was at least six children. I think six that are like documented okay there were maybe more okay uh so that's really gross l- so they had her in this cage for years well i don't know if she lived in a cage the whole time i think that eventually she like lived inside houses and stuff oh. um yeah I, I think they just kept her in the cage at first until she calmed down and mellowed Oh, no, I bet like they it. kept her in a cage the whole time. Well, it just said at first until okay. she mellowed out. They had to, from what I've read. Um, yeah, so four of her children lived long enough for them to later be like studied by scientists later on, as well as their grand her grandchildren to be. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. Wait, uh, when was this? Uh, it was originally eighteen. She was originally captured in eighteen fifty. Um, but they were doing up until the they were doing uh. A, research on the children and grandchildren up through the 50s and 60s oh my gosh um yeah they, they have in i think in so russia this was real this was a real one right they had yeah. something mm-hmm. yeah in in russia they have the skull of one of her children i think it's in russia they have it like 
stored somewhere. Do they look weird? Uh, no, it looks pretty human looking. Are there um, pictures? Yeah, I I can find that in a second. Um, and then you they show me after. And then they crushed up one of the teeth of her grandchildren, I believe, uh, and they found that they had, and it was found to have one hundred percent African ancestry. Um, oh, so unless the almas also originally comes from Africa, it is unlikely. I don't think this is an almas. <laughs> yeah, I think they captured a woman. Yeah, from Africa. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "You speak a weird language." Yeah. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> and maybe she just didn't shave. I don't know. Did people shave back then? I don't know. Maybe she just had a lot of hair. I don't know. Yeah, I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't an almost People were just... <laughs> oh, that's... This is depressing. Yeah. I was like, oh, they caught one. No. Yeah. No, it was probably no. just a, a human. Um, it was theorized by some that she heard, like people originally came from africa like uh i don't know centuries ago and then like lived without like contact with other people like in their own little area there i don't know like how much there is to back that up um yeah Hmm. but the african ancestry thing runs counter to one of the big theories that crypt cryptozoologists have about the almas that it is like um sort of a, a modern neanderthal or like direct descendants from the Neanderthals. Okay. Yeah. Well, I doubt this was an Almas. No, I don't think so. I don't I think, think this one was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was just a woman mm-hmm. that was captured yeah. and taken advantage of. Yep. Because she was from a different place. Yep. Oof. Yeah. It's a bummer. Well, that's depressing. Okay. Sorry for ending on a down note. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else? No, I've got... That's all that I had. Okay. Um, oh, oh, you know what? Remember how in the first podcast I, I said that my only ghostly encounter was the tapestry Ouija board thing? Yeah. Okay, so that's a lie. I've definitely oh, yeah. seen a ghost. Okay, what? When? So I wanted to talk about it. Okay. I told you about this. It's when we lived in... Um, off the blue line by UIC. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You remember this? Uh, no. Okay, well, I was, so, I was on my way home mm-hmm. from something that was late, probably work, probably whatever I was doing, um, and I was alone on the Blue Line platform, the UIC Blue Line uh, platform, and, like, you know that big ramp that you have to walk up, like, the accessible ramp that yeah. goes up to the road mm-hmm. so i was walking up this large ramp it was mm-hmm. very long it's a very long ramp mm-hmm. and when i got off the train i noticed that there was a person right. behind me and they were they were bigger than me like i think i was like oh it's a guy mm-hmm. and i was like okay i don't like this and i like saw him walking around like i saw him i don't re- really remember what he looked like but then i looked back you know, he was behind me walking up the ramp and we were like almost up the ramp. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking back because I don't like it when scary people follow me, when men follow me or anyone, because then I just assume it's a guy trying to hurt me. <laughs> right. um, so I was walking, I was almost up the ramp and I like stopped hearing his footsteps and I was like, oh my God, did he stop? Like what? what's going on? So I looked back and no one was there. Hmm. Yeah, I remember. You and there wasn't about like this. I looked back, saw him, and then like a second later looked back again. Like it was like only a couple seconds in between. I'm like, he would have had to run down the ramp to get yeah. away, and then like all the way down the platform so I couldn't see him, and I would have heard the vigorous running. Right. And. I remember right after that happened, I, like, called my friend Grace or, like, texted my friend Grace, and I'm like, I just totally saw a ghost. <laughs> it was the creepiest thing ever. It was so scary. Do you remember this? Yeah, I came I remember home and you, told yeah. you this, and yeah, I'm like, I, I saw a ghost. Yeah, I remember you telling me yeah. that. Yeah. That's scary, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oh, my is. God. It is weird. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's my actual <laughs> ghost story. That was terrifying. It was so scary. I probably just blocked it out of my mind. Probably. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, also, this is... Okay. <laughs> okay, so for the next episode, I want to do a cult. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to. Okay. But I was wondering if any of you know anyone who's been in a cult. I want to interview someone who's been in a cult so bad. I watch videos constantly of like people who got out of cults who uh-huh. like were in a cult. So if you have been in a cult, if you know someone who's been in a cult and is okay with talking about it, I would love to get their uh, contact info and email them, call them, whatever. Because I really want to talk to someone who's been in a cult. That'd be cool to interview someone who's been in a cult, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. That's what I want. I want... Does anyone know anyone who's been in a cult? <laughs> That's what I want. Contact us through one of our social medias or website or email if you have. Yeah. Okay, so our email is knownunknownspodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you like us on Facebook... Our website is um, on our Facebook, like in our about section. I can't tell you what it is because it's just a Wix site. So it's like known unknowns pod at Wix at dot com. Like it's just, it's crazy. So just go (laughs) click on it from there and you can email us through there. You can listen to our podcast from there. You can find more places that we uh, (laughs) have the podcast. You can learn more about us. Um, Right. Yeah, so oh, we also have Twitter, so follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff. Okay, great. Have anything else? Uh, No, that's it for me. Do you have anything else to say? No, that's all the extra stuff I wanted to add. All right. Cool. All right, well, that's it. All right. This has been Known Unknowns. I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And tip well and keep your seatbelt tight. Because it's weird out there. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.